I bring you grace and peace from God our Father through our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. The text for today is from Luke chapter 2. And as we come to this word, this Christmas gospel, let's bow our hearts and heads in prayer. We receive you by faith, O God, tonight. You come knocking on the door of our hearts. By your Spirit's power, help us to open them to your word, to your love, to your gospel, and to our hopeful future. For this we ask in Jesus' name and all of God's people in agreement said, amen. There's a lot of hallmarks to the holidays. Uh, There are carols, there are scripture lessons, there's a honey-baked ham that is 10 pounds and it is waiting for me tomorrow, my brothers and sisters in Christ, and it was everything I could do not to open that present this afternoon and simply nitrate myself to oblivion. But that will have to wait until tomorrow. Along with hallmarks of carols and scripture, there's uh, the movies of the holiday season. How many of you saw Star Trek, or Star Wars, sorry, Star Wars. I'm really in it. I'm very relevant. Star Wars, how many of you saw Star Wars? Okay, four, great, super. Um, Well, it's out, but there are better movies for the holidays, and you know many of them. So if I would say something like, Santa, I know him, the movie is? Elf, of course. And of course, with Elf, we know that the four main food groups at the North Pole for Elves are candy, candy cane, candy corn, and syrup. Syrup, if you're from Chicago, syrup, if you're from Alabama. Just FYI, it's true. How about this one? If you're really Santa Claus, you can get it for me. And if you can't, you're only a nice man with a white beard like my mother says. That movie is... Miracle on 34th Street. If you're under 20, you have no idea what I'm talking about right now, and it's fine. It's fine. That's a generational, you know, kind of thing. No, nobody's walking. Now, how about this one? Nobody's walking out on this fun Christmas. No, no, we are all in this together. Christmas vacation. And how many lights did Clark Griswold put on his house? Whoa. Whoa. We are in it to win it. Pictionary, <laughs> Pictionary tomorrow afternoon with you is not going to be fun. Just let her go. Let her go. Wow. Just, I'm so proud of you. Just proud to be your pastor tonight. Look, Daddy. Teacher says every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. Shh. What, everybody else? That's right, that's right. It's a wonderful life. And that was said, by the way, by Zuzu, my favorite character of all Christmas movies, Zuzu. What if Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store? What if Christmas perhaps means a little bit more? The Grinch. And we turn the page to page two of the sermon because here's the truth. We know that Christmas is so much more. It's so much more, but that asks and invites the question, more than what? That's the question I want to start with tonight. What is exactly Christmas more than? And here's what I want to answer, and this is really the foundation that I like to lay in ministry. Ministry not just as a pastor in a congregation preaching a sermon, but ministry understood as just being a friend to a fellow human being who, like me, is just trying to make it a little bit further 
a little bit more faithfully each day. The something more that I want to focus on at the outset of this Christmas Eve service is this, that this is, there is something more beyond. And Christmas, when all is stripped away, is the simple recognition that there's something more beyond this reality that we sense and taste, touch, feel, smell, and hear. And inside each of our hearts, there is a rustling and a wrestling for that something more beyond. It is my conviction that every, of, every one of you in this room, including this pastor, has an awareness that God exists, that God is moving And we may not be able to put a name on it. We may not be able to put an exact scripture reference on it. But that's where I start today because that groundwork for me, it makes everything even in the playing field on Christmas Eve. And when I look back in that Christmas gospel that Alan just read, in Luke chapter 2, it's kind of like interpreting reality. On the one side, Mary finds out she's pregnant. Say, what? I'm pregnant? Yes, you're pregnant. But... Here's the greater reality that is evidence that there's something more beyond this reality in which you're living that is operative, and that is that God has given you the privilege of bearing his son into this world. And that was Mary's mission. Joseph heard the same news. His response, say what? And then, and then, The angels took pity on Joseph and said, "Uh, it looks like you're a little bit tense. Your face is a little bit drawn. Maybe some help with names would be a a good idea right now. How about Emmanuel? No, doesn't strike you? Let's just go with Jesus. Move along, Joseph. The shepherds were around, living their reality around a campfire out in the fields by night. They had opened a couple brews. The sheep were safely grazing. I, there's a song like that, I think. And, and then all of a sudden, that reality was broken up as the angels of heaven said, unto you is born this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And their response, say what? I mean, this is it. You see, and so do you see the picture? I mean, we can go through the whole story. We can go through Jesus' baptism. He's in the river with his cousin hanging out, getting wet. And all of a sudden, a voice comes and says, this is my son with, that I love and with him I'm well pleased. A couple years later, Jesus is up on the mountain with his disciples. It gets trippy at this point in time. I'm not going to deny that. He starts glowing. A bunch of ghosts from the past show up. Elijah, Moses. It's a little crazy. And then this reality that's really whack, and all of a sudden a voice comes and says, this is my son whom I love. Oh, by the way, make sure you listen to him. It's important. It'll help you in the future. And then Jesus goes up on the cross. And there he gives his life, breathes his last, says it is finished. And the reality of just another Roman execution is broken up by the fact that the earthquakes and the sky grows dark. And a Roman soldier who should have known better, knew better and said, truly this man was the son of God. See, Christmas is an opportunity for us to just get down to the foundation stone of faith and spirituality and say there is something more beyond heaven is breaking into this planet earth and if we're serious about christmas eve then we've got to be serious about simply saying with no strings attached 
I need to start living my life with a view toward a greater reality that keeps on breaking in and pushing my heart and reminding me that God wants to be as much of this reality as the presence under my tree and the stuff that I wrap and put bows on. Reality is something that we take seriously this Christmas. Now, it it really just depends on how you're going to read it and how you're going to receive it. It's a story of of an elderly woman who had three sons. Those three sons had grown very, very prosperous. And so they decided together that they were going to get their mom spectacular Christmas presents. And so the first son decided, I'm going to buy my mom a new house because that's what really rich sons do for their family. They buy houses for them. And, and so bought her a house, and it was, it was great. And then the second son decides, well, I'm going to buy her a brand new car. I'm going to get her a Mercedes-Benz. You know, the ones with the seats that hug you as you go around corners and give you a little pat on the head as you get out and say, go get them, tiger. Go get them. You know, that, that kind of Mercedes-Benz? They make those. Germany, of course. Anyways, all of that to say, that's what... That was not part of the story, I just made that up. But that, that was what the second son got, got for uh, his mom. The third son found out about a parrot. Just go with me on this. He found out about a parrot who for 12 years had been trained to quote scripture, had learned the entirety of the Old Testament and New Testament, and all the mom had to do was say the chapter and verse, and that parrot was able to go there and recite the passage for her. Well, after Christmas, mom writes thank you notes and writes to the first son, Dear Harold, Dear Harold, thanks for the the house. Unfortunately, I'm in a walker, and uh, it's 13,000 square feet, and I can really only navigate about 1,000. But thanks for the effort. Really appreciate it. And to the second son, she said, Well, dear Fred, thanks for the Mercedes. It looks great in the garage. Unfortunately, I think you forgot that you took away my driver's license, and so I really can't drive it. But thanks for the effort. To her third son, she writes, Dearest Junior, I'm so grateful. You know the heart of your mother, and you know exactly what it was to get me. And I just am writing to tell you that that chicken was delicious. (laughs) I just do the best I can. Now, all of that to say, again, it, it really does get to the point, right? On the one side, we receive this reality and we look at it and we say, this this is what it is. When in fact, the gift was something totally different. Today, we've got this thing called Christmas Eve. We sing the carols, we recite the scripture, we're going to light the candles, receive communion. We're going to go through all the stuff that a church does on Christmas Eve. But when it's all said and done and when you're walking out into the rain without the umbrella... Are you going to remember that at the end of the day, it's the inbreaking of God's reality that should most capture our hearts and minds? The light of the candles reminds us there's a greater and eternal light. The gift of the Lord's Supper reminds us that Jesus Christ really came and entered this world and took on flesh and blood, just like a little wafer and a little wine may remind us. The scriptures remind us that God does talk, He speaks. And he calls us to remembrance. And the carols remind us that there is coming a day when heavenly choirs will meet our ears and we will be welcomed into heaven and God will say, finally, you're home. And that's where I really want to end today. 
It's to say, if you've been wandering, if you've been wandering from God or if you've been wandering from this congregation where you have come to know God over time, it's time to come home. And as I like to say, one of my favorite phrases, I got no dog in this hunt, which simply means I don't have a need for you to fill in any blanks, for you to jump through any particular hoops. I just want to share a shepherd's story with you over coffee and hear what it is that God is doing in your life. Where are those challenges or those confusing places where somehow Pastor Allen and me and the staff and our teaching team can come into your life and just walk alongside you? That's the goal of ministry. When ministry comes about, comes to be about jumping through specific hoops in order to be regarded as righteous and acceptable to God, that is the moment when ministry seeks, ceases to be the gospel and it becomes the law. The gospel tells us that Jesus came into this world for sinners, for folks that are broken, confused, challenged, wayward, moving from one place to another without clear direction, and we just want to be a church that deals with real reality. It's time to come home. It's like the story of a girl who left home and she was done. She was done with her parents, she was done with her school, she was done with her friends and she was out and she was free and she was gonna make a go of it on her own terms. But over the time that she lived apart from her parents, the distance between her and her mom and dad only grew more significant. Not because of anything necessarily that they were doing. Simply, she just wanted it her own way. Until finally she came to realize that doing things your own way, being a lone ranger without Tonto, is really not a great way to live. So she wrote her mom and dad and she said, Mom and dad, you know what I'd love? I'd love to come home for Christmas, but you know, after all the ways I've treated you, I don't expect that you might want me home. But here's the deal, just on a flyer, maybe if you would, if you would like me to come home, could you do me a favor and just like put a bow on a tree in front yard, in the front yard? And that, and I'll just come and if I don't see a bow there, I'll just pass right on by and I'll just assume, you know what, it's, it's as good as we could have done. But if I do, I'll maybe come in and see if we can put this thing back together. She came into town. She turned the corner to the street, and in front of her was not a bow on a house. It was a bow on every tree, every post, every light. Her parents had gone to great lengths to make sure that she would not miss the message, that she would not overlook the fact that she was not only welcome home, she was needed home. It was time for her to come home. I think about that story and I think about each of us because each of us in our own ways, we wander. Every one of us in this room, we wander. But tonight, God's reminder for us, come home. In a little bit, we're going to receive the Lord's Supper. And uh, as you come forward for the Lord's Supper, I just want you to really think about that as walking home, as returning to God. And it may be an ask or for whatever reason, you may not want to receive the Lord's Supper tonight, but even if you just come forward for a hand on your shoulder to remind you that God loves you and God blesses you, I would be happy to do that. Because tonight's a night about homecomings. Tonight's a night about a Hallmark movie and you are the star and God's the producer. And I'm so excited with Pastor Allen to be your pastor tonight and with us as well to be welcomed home. Let's stand.
And uh, let's join as we make our way to the Lord's Supper in confessing our faith through this word of the Christmas Creed, a, a fresh perspective on the Apostles' Creed with unique words. Let's read.